T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Noon straight up here on Boston and New England Sports Original WEEI. WEEI Super Bowl coverage sponsored by Wise Snacks. Do game day the wise way. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of a hundred authentic pro football jerseys. Well, uh, I know this guy's out in uh, Arizona and there's uh, lots to talk about. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, former New England Patriot, former Tennessee Titan, uh, and a guy whose life is going to be turned into a book and a movie. Malcolm Butler is with Gresh and Fourier here on WEEI. Malcolm, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. How you doing? Thanks good. for having me. Well, uh, thanks for uh, joining us. And uh, Lord knows people in New England have a lot of questions for you. But let's start with this. A book and a movie? Like that stuff that is rarefied air. There, I'm sitting beside a former professional athlete, and well, they ain't making any movies about Christian Foyer, at least not yet, anyway. But how about that, Malcolm? Just a little bit on sort of the book and the movie documentary. What what what's coming down the pike here? Uh, man, just just my life story. A lot of questions that um, people wanted to know about, and uh, just my life story. How I got to the to the like to where I'm at now, man, and uh just my success story, man. It's gonna be motivation to the world. Um it's just it's just a uh, it's just a great story, man. Never give up and keep trying your hardest, man, and like um you can end up where I'm at or I know I'm not the first person that, that have achieved success in their life, but uh it'll be some good motivation in there for the world. Malcolm, were you aware of just the constant guesswork and rumors that were going around about why you didn't play in that Super Bowl? Oh, a hundred percent, man. Um, you know, I just stay calm and you know, you you can't defeat the internet. So I just I know um know everything that went on. You know, I just try to keep peace within the team, myself and the organization. Um, like I said, man, you can't defeat the internet. So you well, know what was um, what was the what was the wildest rumor that you heard? that you may have remembered? Because I just typed in, why didn't Malcolm Butler play in the Super Bowl? There's like 10 conspiracy theorists, theories came up. Hey, uh, it's, it's a lot that uh, I didn't hear, but uh, I'll say this. Somebody said that I was at a Rick Ross concert um, like the night of the game. I don't know what kind of professionalism is that, but 
Uh, that's most definitely not true. You know, you can't defeat the Internet. So, you know, I just, you know, just keep on moving. Did teams in free agency ask you about that, or were they more focused on what you could bring to teams like Tennessee, who you ultimately signed with? Um, I don't think teams um, questioned me for that. Um, they just wanted to see what I could bring to their organization. Uh, they wanted me to come in and play. You know, I, you know, I had Logan Ryan there to vouch for me. You know, uh, Mike Vrabel, you know, he used to play for Belichick, so um, – I'm pretty sure uh, couldn't have been that bad of a reputation behind my name. Um, random question, because I just thought about this. Um, uh, Tom Brady gets the MVP, and he gives you the red Chevy truck. Do you still have it? Yes, sir. I sit in my garage, 9,000 miles, man. 9,000? Yes, sir. It's a collector's item. I was just going to say, you've had that thing, what now, eight years, and it's got 9,000 miles on it? That sounds like what, like the, it sounds like the Nanas who drive to the post office and yeah. church once a week. Yeah, man, it's a trophy, not a truck. I like yeah, that. Look at a, you dropping all these one-liners on It's us. a trophy, not a <laughs> yeah, truck. That like is a good it. one. Malcolm Butler is with Gresh and Fourier. Malcolm, one of the other mysteries surrounding that Super Bowl that you didn't play in, people saw you very emotional on the sidelines. What were like the two hours or so leading up to that point like for you? Because there was a lot of the – we could see on your face that there was emotion, but no one knows sort of what it was like leading up to that so what were those couple hours leading into that very emotional display you had on the sideline before the game? Um, you know, um, I always looked up to Kobe Bryant. And, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant stayed with one team his whole career. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with my career. But I just knew it was coming to an end, like how things was turning out with each other. But, you know, business is business. And, you know, things don't last forever. And, you know, um, things were just falling apart. Um, the national anthem, um, it, was, it was just, it was, it was just tough. I was an emotional, it was an, it was an emotional roller coaster for me. But I did play. I did play. Um, I had one rep of pump return. So I guess I graded out 99%. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's funny because even in that game, they and I, I, listen. If you get sick of this stuff, just let us know because I think we're all oh, collectively we're, we're fascinated by it, Malcolm. Because in that game, they needed you out there, like you were. You they needed somebody who could cover all those wide receivers that were just running all over the place, and and you were in your pads, and like you said, you did play, but for some reason, even when it seems like all hope was lost. Like they still didn't put you in the game, and you were in your pads. Yeah, man. I um, I look back at that, man. Like I'm not throwing anyone under under the bus or anything like that. You know, I know my potential. Um, you know, I like I I I thrive in big games. I play hard in big games. You know, uh, I didn't know if like I was gonna catch an interception and my value go up and. I knew I wasn't returning. I don't know what I don't know what was going on, but um, yeah, I know some guys that was on the field that um, most definitely couldn't cover like me. 
like I like I told uh, Tampa Bay Radio the other day, Tom Brady would have had eight rings. Like Malcolm Butler, too. Malcolm Butler is with Gresh and Fourier. Uh, standing on the sideline in that moment, what was that like? And were players coming up to you being like, yo, what'd you do? Or were they blaming you? Like, I'm just wondering, as you're going through that that Super Bowl, just kind of what's going through your mind? And what are your teammates saying to you in that moment as well? Because like what you just said, Malcolm, they had to know the best players weren't on the field. Um, man, that's tough. Um, they just, you know, I guess they felt sorry for me. Um, I guess they felt sorry for me. And, like, it, it was tough, man. It was tough. You know, my mom at the game, um, my family there, um, got to travel back, um, on the team playing and, you know, all this media about why I didn't play, all the rumors and things like that. That was, it was tough, man. It was, it was a tough pill to swallow, but, um, just got to keep moving forward and take it on the chin and keep going, man. But, you know, my team, they said they felt bad for me and they thought I was going to play. Well, at halftime, you know, they huddled up. And, well, Bilicek, uh, Matt Patricia, uh, Josh Boyer, and I'm like, yeah, 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 it's time to put me in the game, man. Like, they still didn't. I don't know if it was an ego thing. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they wanted didn't want me to make a play and then go to another team next off season. I don't know. You know, um, I just I just don't understand it. But you know, it is what it is. And you know, I got more details in the in the documentary that's coming out. You know, I, I played like ninety six percent of the of the snaps during the season. I don't know why it's changing the Super Bowl. So, because one of the questions that I had for you, Malcolm, was, you know, there a lot of people assumed, as you said, you know, you can't defeat the internet, but that there had to be more to the story. Because we've had a couple of people send in, hey, ask him if he had to sign a non-disclosure agreement or something when he left New England, almost like it was nefarious. But the more that I hear you, the more it sounds like this was just business. And it was never explained to you why you played in that game. Is that unfair for me to think that? Um, I never signed anything like that, man. If it, if it, if I if I did, it better have been bigger than the contract I had because that was a tough. <laughs> That's a great line for anybody who knows non-disclosures agreement. Normally, there's checks that comes with can, it. Can you uh, can you share with us? Uh, and maybe you uh, maybe you have a couple working titles for the documentary or the book. Do you have any? Any idea what it's going to be called? Um, the bench warmer. No, I'm ah. <laughs> that's a good. Well, yeah, there you go. The butler didn't do it. Yeah, there you something go. like that. I feel like I feel like there's the some butler, good. The butler did do it. Yeah. Uh, what, what did the butler do? There Question you go. Mark. Right. Exactly. Hey, why did you come back to New England this year? Why give it another try? Because like you said, the internet's undefeated, but everybody assumed ain't no way Malcolm Butler and Bill Belichick could do any sort of business together whatsoever, yet you came back. Why? Um, He gave me a call and asked me, did I want to return? I don't know if it's that a, I'm sorry, come back, um, uh, 
deal or whatever. But um, like I always say, man, you never burn your bridge down. You always want to show respect. You never know who you got to go back to or who you may meet. And I guess, you know, I was a pro about it. But, um, yeah, I I just wanted to play ball again. And um, I wanted to, like, just end my career where I started. But it didn't work out like that. And, uh, yeah, like like, they, like like I always said, man, like I couldn't have done that much wrong if, um, you know, I was invited back to New England. So, um, yeah, I know that's confusing to a lot of people. So how is your relationship now? And if you could walk us through, because uh, they put you on IR and that was it. Like that's the way it ended. Uh, what's your relationship like now and how did that conversation go and when the when it was uh when when IR came knocking at your door, um, I was, you know, it's business, it's, it's business, you know, um, yeah, I guess you know, uh, I injured my hip, and, you know, they just wanted to just get it get it out the way, you know, next man up, you know, they got some young corners, um, I didn't think they wanted to just have me sitting on their roster the whole year. And I and I really just I didn't feel comfortable in the locker room, you know, hurt you know, I came back, I'm in the locker room on crutches and stuff like that. I think really think he did me a favor because, you know, I was very uncomfortable, you know, coming back and hurting myself and I'm in the locker room, you know, people feeling sorry for me and I'm not that type of guy. It was just very uncomfortable for me. So, um yeah, that's it that's it. Malcolm, you just said something an answer ago that I want to circle back to. You mentioned about, hey, it's business. You try to handle it professionally, all that. Do you wish in retrospect that maybe throwing a tantrum might be a little strong, but that you spoke up or said something or bitched or whatever it was that was within your power in that moment that you could have done to make some sort of either public display or even in the locker room at halftime to scream at somebody, why am I not in the game? Um, man, I was at the point where I just, I just said, F it, man. I just said, F it. I'm on my way out the door, you know, um, I just, I just, I just didn't want to be bothered with. I didn't want to be a distraction to the team. You know, we in the game, and I think we was losing. You know, I think Mick Foe was burning us up. But mm-hmm. the thing, the thing about it, you know, it, it it really touched me like probably like six or seven months ago because I'm really looking at who was out on the field. Like you telling me that I can't cover better than Jordan Richardson. You got Jordan Richardson on uh, Nelson Aguilar. Like, that's just – that was kind of disrespectful, you know, when you, when when I just think about it. And, like, man, I got a reputation too, man, and it, it, it really hurt me, like, all the rumors and stuff coming out, and I pretty much did nothing, you know what I mean? And I was the bad guy. I was the one taking all the heat. And like it was just, it was it, it, it was it was a hard pill to swallow, man. And I didn't like that. Um, one day I'm gonna have to call Bill and ask him and have a talk with him. Well, Malcolm, get him uh, on the documentary. This is <laughs> you know what now. There's him to do that. And yeah, Moose, yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm have to go ahead and tell him to, uh, face to face so he won't yeah. so it won't be new to him. 
Yeah. Can you imagine you two sitting the way that like Belichick was sitting with Nick Saban whenever they did that little documentary and you guys just kind of talking through it? It actually would be quite fascinating. Malcolm Butler, thanks for the uh, the intel, the time. Good luck with the book and the documentary as well. And uh, thanks for uh, filling in some gaps here on Gresham Fourier. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, make sure you check out Hydroxy Cut. Um, hardcore man, uh, it's a it's a great supplement. You know, give you a lot of energy, man. I'm trying to stay in shape. I'm trying to stay cut, uh, man. I, it gives me energy to take care of my kids and work out with my kids, man. You can find this in all stores, Walmart, CVS. Uh, it's a great supplement, man. I think everybody should check it out, man. If you need that energy and uh, you try to stay right and tight, just like me. There we go, Malcolm. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. There goes Malcolm Butler with us on the Harbor One Hotline. It was great. It was great. I, I got I mean, I know we're not going to spend a lot of. Uh, probably not anymore. Well, time, let's unpack a little we bit. We should. I feel like we need to. Yeah, we, we'll uh, we'll unpack some yeah. of that. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, more Gresh and Fourier on WEEI and streaming on WEEI.com. Random question, because I just thought about this. Um... Uh, Tom Brady gets the MVP, and he gives you the red Chevy truck. Do you still have it? Yes, sir. Sit in my garage, nine thousand miles, man. Nine thousand. Yes, sir. It's a collector's item. I was just gonna say, you've had that thing what now? Eight years, and it's got nine thousand miles on it. That sounds like what? Like the? It sounds like the nanas who drive to the post office and yeah. church once a week. Yeah, man. It's a trophy, not a truck. I like that. Look at you dropping all these one-liners on It's a trophy, not a truck. That is a good one. Malcolm Butler. That's a great question. I never would have thought of that. And I'm so intrigued by his answer. And by the way, there was so much to unpack there. And proving that uh, hearing is a sense and listening is a skill. You went through all that and you didn't ask him why he didn't play? I don't know. He kind of told us three, four times that it was, I don't know why I didn't play. I, I mean, I did, feel like we've asked them in four or five different, different ways. Different ways, right? Okay. Just because he didn't come out and give you the answer that uh, you were looking for. People want him to be like, that Bill Belichick is an SOB. No, he's got a, a documentary coming out and a book coming out. He is not going to give us like the like the answer of why. He, he just won't. He's got to save it for the book. So he flirts around with it. He tiptoes around it. But uh, I would say based on this, what he said, okay, um... It still makes me think, like, that's why I asked him the rumor question. Like, something must have happened because he kind of flirts with the idea 
of, hey, at halftime, they said I was going to go in because they're getting their ass kicked and no one could cover anybody. Yep. Nick Foles was throwing the ball all over the place. Hey, we're going to put Malcolm in. And they never did. So they had this halftime discussion, and the Super Bowl halftime was a freaking half an hour. And sure as hell, they still don't put him in. And he's calling out Jordan Richards, who's a safety. A bad one at that. I mean, and Malcolm Butler let us know what he thought about Jordan Richards being out there in critical situations. I mean, not to besmirch the guy's name, but Malcolm Butler probably should. I I don't think uh, so. And again, it seems to me that he actually never asked him. He got to the point where he said, F it. I'm done. I'm out of here anyways. And just for the record, like, you're going to go up to Bill in the middle of the Super Bowl. And I actually commend him. Because you really? asked him, well, listen, because you asked him, why didn't you cause a fit? Why don't you have a tantrum? Why don't you throw stuff? Not at that You You just you can't do it at that point in time. The stakes are too high. Everybody's sacrificing something. You're almost there. Can you imagine being the, the guy that has a fit because you're not playing? I just feel like that took a lot of internal strength, and that's why I commend him because the a-hole says it's about me. But he spent his whole career on that team being preached and almost lobotomized. Hey, it's about the team. So he doesn't do it. He doesn't take his opportunity to lose his mind because he feels like he's being screwed with. He actually does the commendable thing and just shuts up. Like the the hard thing, I would say the hard thing. You're being screwed in real time. They're running all over the place. The guy that you're 10 times better than is getting his ass kicked on a repeated basis. And the one thing you need in that game were cover corners. Cover guys. Guys that can run. Guys that can cover in space. Guys that can anticipate the plays. The plays. It's not Nick. It's not Patrick Mahomes. It's Nick freaking Foles. That's got to. You can hear. In your last question, I felt like he was leaning towards being just fed up with it again. You can almost feel him going into real time. That's what I That's what I heard. I, I think there was a little bit of that. Um couple of things that stood out, and I, I, I want to get to it, but I want to circle back on your reaction off of the, hey, how come he didn't throw a fit? And you mentioned that everything was rooted in team, and it would have been an individual moment. It almost would have been like what a Kevin Durant or someone like that would do, right? Or Russell Westbrook, right, behind the scenes or whatever, or have a big public display. If you were a teammate of Malcolm Butler's and you saw what was going on, even though you're taught team, 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 if Malcolm Butler at halftime went mental, would you as a teammate have understood why? Because there was, as you mentioned, the team element of we're getting pantsed out here. Why is one of our best cover corners standing on the sidelines? Or in that moment, would you have been would like, I understand it? would you have understood as a teammate and thought, like, would it have been, oh, Malcolm's being really selfish right now? Or... Malcolm's fighting for his right to play, and oh, by the way, I want him to play too because I'd like to win this game. Honestly? Yeah. I would have told him to shut up. Really? I would have told him to shut up. In the moment, you would have said shut up. up, Even though he was clearly better than other people that should have been out there. I would have told him to shut up. I am shocked at that. Because I would say, like, I don't like people... Like, you know, overreacting in, in real time when the circumstances are so, you know, crazy. I We need to be poised. You need to have your wits about. You need to be clever. You know, that's not the way. That's not going to get you anything. That's what I would have told him. Shut the hell up. That's not the way you're going to get it done. Let's all huddle. We'll go to we'll go to Bill separately alone where it's not this big spectacle. 
Because I will tell you, you think Bill's not going to hold a grudge? You're going to try and play chicken big time, Bill, during the halftime of a Super Bowl? You think you're going to get what you want? Not a freaking chance. You go to the you go to the veterans, you go to the captains, you go to Brady, and you say, listen, we got to get the Bill. We need Butler to play. I don't know what his issue is. I don't know what his problem is. He's fully dressed. He's in pads, and we're not playing him. So we're going to have to go to him right now. That would be the way to do it. The, so, al- the alternative was just was just too childish for me. And I don't like people losing their cool when it's just we really need everybody to to be calm and focused. I gotta I I'm uh, I'm I'm really surprised at that only because when you think about that moment and you made two Super Bowls in your life, you played football forever. You were in two Super Bowls, and when you get for some of those guys, it's I might never get back or I want this ring. And to think that, it, especially that defensive back group. Right, and I'm not blaming them and saying that they, but like Devin McCourty, like to me, that's a spot where if you're a McCourty, don't you as a leader have to go to Bill and be like, "What well, are we doing?" I just said, but that's, no, that's, but that's, that's, but that's the thing. Done. So it would have been the team leaders that would have had to have gotten together in the moment and then pulled Bill aside. But would he have then been pissed at them for bringing it up? Because let's just go back to what we saw this year. How dare you doth protest that I put this moron in as offensive coordinator? Well, to me, that's different. But I understand that. I know, that's, but that's, I, I just I would just tell you, Gresh, listen, wow. honest to God, it I've seen it multiple times. And the crazy guy never gets what he wants. The crazy guy never gets what he wants when he throws a tantrum. Everybody hates that guy. I got my issues. I'm not putting all my issues out in the street in the middle of the locker room. This ain't week three. But don't it's a you Super as a Super Bowl? But let me ask you this though. But as a teammate, aren't you saying the same thing to yourself? Okay. The, here's Why the thing. is that guy standing there? I mean, the, like if you're that, a defensive it, back, if, if, if again, if you're you know a cover corner, and you're like, why? Why is this happening? Okay, it's real simple. You don't need to lose your cool. Listen, hey, who are the captains on the defense? Whether it be a defensive lineman, that that's what I would have done. Okay, I would have said, okay, listen, like let's just say there was a guy that was running multiple routes and he kept dropping the ball mm-hmm. or he kept jumping. Forget about it. It's less than that. He kept jumping off sides, and I know that there's another guy that you know was fighting for playing time but kind of lost his job for whatever reason, and he's a better alternative. He's 100 percent a better option. More importantly, it's it, it's you might as well take the chance because maybe. It gets better. Maybe it doesn't get any worse. I mean, it doesn't get any better, but it doesn't get any worse because mm-hmm. the guy that's in there, is good. it's just going to keep getting worse. And now we're in the third quarter. Now we're in the fourth quarter. We can't risk it. So I'd rather have a guy that's not going to uh, that's going to hold his water and not jump off sides, and then maybe he's not as good as blocking. But still, the thing that should have happened if this was some grudge, if this was some lesson that Bill decided he was going to teach, or maybe he wanted to empower some of the other guys that he knew were going to be on the team in the future. The, the, the leaders of the team need to huddle together, and it's only two or three of them. Maybe it's McCordy, maybe it's whoever whoever it is, and then it's Brady. Hey, I need your help. In real time, we don't have a lot of time. You just got to trust me on this. Just back me up. That's That's all it takes. Now, I know that Devin McCordy has said before, hey, we knew that Malcolm wasn't going to start, wasn't going to play much, all that kind of stuff. Now, maybe that's just taking heat off of him. Because I just can't imagine in that moment that there wouldn't have been people that would have been irrationally emotional 
And but I, he's the only one though that he's everybody else is playing. And if you actually go into the second half, it wasn't nearly as bad as the first half. The first half was really bad, and the second half wasn't. I could easily say, "Oh, we're going to make a change," but I feel like the guys that were covering did a better job. Mm-hmm. They did a better job. Now I can't go back and look at the numbers right now, but I remember even thinking about it. Well, like they kind of they kind of righted the ship. You know, they kind of made the adjustments. Guys made some big plays. Um, and you were still in the game. Um, but as far as like causing a stink and making a whole, you know, spectacle of the situation at halftime of the Super Bowl, man, I would say shut up, dude. Uh, shut up and sit down. We have a, a texter who's like, Gresh is eight years ago. McCourty didn't have today's cachet. Well, here were the captains in 2017 Brady, Gronk, Andrews, Hightower, McCourty, Harmon, Slater. If those guys were deemed captains and that group went to Bill to ask why, I don't think all of them collectively, considering they were the leadership group and the leadership council, let's say, would have been, Bill wouldn't have, I think, looked at the, I don't know, Bill would have looked at the whole group and said, F you, get the F out of here. Yeah. And it's funny, like a a texter, it's just funny because this comes up all the time. Christian is right. He has a bitch himself. Bravo caught two TDs. He should have. Uh, well, listen, it is funny because even that time, like, hey, Dan and Ben, and we're doing all the work. We're doing all the work. And sure as hell, Bill likes this science project. He's going to keep bringing this guy in. When Ben Watson was a first-round pick, when Dan Grant was a first-round pick, and then you decide, eh, I'm just going to keep it going. The reality is, like, it works. You know, there's a lot of fake happiness on some of those <laughs> some of those touches. Like, yeah, hey, I'm so happy for you. Awesome. I'm so glad. It, oh, great. You know, but it, listen, it didn't matter in the end. Totally different again, but it is funny to think about uh, how many guys had reason to bitch. Again, it's, uh, and, I, and I agree with Devin. If you go through a week of practice, right? So you have two weeks before the Super Bowl happens, and you know who's playing. You, you Who's getting the reps? See, here's the thing, and I do believe, who's getting the reps? He, and I do believe he said, we knew he wasn't starting. That is different that's than true. playing. You're right. You don't start him. That's one thing. But when you're getting pantsed, how do you not put the guy in and there? And I would even say, if you have a, we saw this year, like Cole Strange was getting whooped up on, and they kept putting Isaiah Wynn in there for him when he just couldn't handle it. So you'd make when you identify that there's a severe problem at any at anywhere on your team, if you have a uh, some sort of option, though, then you switch it out right away. Because mm-hmm. you're not, you're just making the problem worse, and it's never. It's like the very definition of insanity: doing the same thing over and over and over again, thinking it's going to change. So, I don't know. Um, I feel like even in the end, uh, like even the rumors, like hey, Rick Ross, like the other one that I totally forgot about was the uh, getting in the fight with uh, Steve Belichick. Something happening with his girlfriend slash wife, whatever that was, at some party. He doesn't sound like the he doesn't sound like the inappropriate type to me. I I agree. He doesn't, doesn't sound like uh, let me go to my like to my wife's like to my coach's wife and be all disrespectful. Well, and I think the other thing too is maybe sort of seeing the forest through the trees a little bit. If you're Malcolm Butler, I think part of the reason that doesn't happen is you're an undrafted guy. So you made crap, you made crap, you made crap. Then you made a couple of bucks in your last year here, knowing that the free agency payday was coming. What would have been the easiest way for Malcolm Butler to screw that up? 
Met, get beat in the Super Bowl. Well, or uh, have an off-field incident like yeah. that where you're getting into it with a coach or a coach's wife or whatever it is. It would seem counterintuitive to somebody who came across to us who was eminently aware as to what was next for him in his career. We focused on the Super Bowl, but the one thing I do take away, and maybe it's all hindsight, but Malcolm seemed like, at least in, in our chat, the kind of guy who was mindful of that. I'm about to get my payday. If I remember correctly, I think Malcolm Butler changed agents right around that time because in talking to some folks in the agent world back then, uh, he was one of those undrafted dudes who had like one of these nameless, faceless guys. I think at one point in time, there were like as many licensed agents as players, as players yeah. which means you're going to get a bunch of ham and eggers who don't know what they're doing. So there is the part of me that thinks, okay, from the business end, if you're Malcolm Butler, you came from nothing. He made, I think in total, it was like $6 bucks playing four years here and then went and made a bunch of money. To do something like that, to just bitch at somebody's wife, it doesn't seem like he would do that and screw up a payday. And I would also say... Um, For somebody who had to you, grind to get to that payday. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It just I don't think he's that guy. So he's done multiple interviews over the last three days because he's you know doing the whole hydroxy cut. Hey, man. Oh, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, take hydroxy cut. You can get right and get tired just like me. So am I, Maybe uh, it'll help your shoulders since yeah, apparently you know. can't do... But, you know, people, I can't. People in this building conveniently forget that you were a beat-on pro athlete for 14 years who had your uh, rotator cuff reconstructed and your bicep detached from it. But nevertheless, take the victory lap on push-ups. Yeah, so do you think, do you think, because there's a part of me that believes this, do you think that he, honestly, God doesn't know? Because I don't think... I'm trying to think of a, uh, a situation. The Super Bowl's over. I'm a free agent later. Do you I think, think? Do you think he doesn't actually know? I think he knows why he didn't start. Yep. Okay. I, I don't think he knows why he didn't play. And that's and that's and what that's, I agree with. Yeah, because when Malcolm Butler said to us, "Hey, they got together at halftime, the coaches," and he mentioned like Josh Boyer and people like that. And they talked about, we got to get Malcolm in the game. That's, to me, like a line of demarcation right there at halftime. Whatever the vindictive part of the reasoning why Bill Belichick didn't want to play the guy, that's where Bill put that flag in the ground and said, we ain't playing this SOB. I don't no, care how also, much we need but, him. But here's but here's the other thing, Gresh, though. Like, I mean, I, you know this. Like, I don't know how many times. When I was younger, even when I was older, okay, uh, and I hate it when coaches did this. I just rather they just not say anything to me. Hey, we're going to get you in the second half. We're going to get you in in the third series. Like never, nothing ever goes the way you you think it's going to go. So then you're sitting there waiting on the sideline, waiting to get in. And like, why aren't they putting me? He said he was going to put me in. Well, this changed, and this guy got hurt, and then all these different things happened. And and what I said to you, ah, geez, I can't keep my word anymore. Yeah, but you told me you were going to put me in. Well, you know, we just had to give it one more try. Oh, then he proved us right, and then we figured, well, well, now we're not going to go to him. So I've been in that situation many times where I was told, hey, you're going in on this series, third play, fifth play, you know, game plan gets blown up because, of, you know, it, it, we're down 14 to nothing. <laughs> you're in third and 14, and they're not yeah. putting three tight ends yeah, in the game. Yeah, well, what do you mean? I'm not playing, you know? Like, what the hell? So to me, I actually think 
Uh, he, you're right. I think you're spot on. He knows exactly why he did not start because every guy knows why they're not starting. Mm-hmm. That I buy. But I think the whole, hey, why didn't you let me save the day mentality in the middle when things were chaotic and hectic and you were chasing your tail, that's probably where he's a little bit more. He sounded really, really angry towards the end. Like, he did. He was like, man, now nah, I bring myself back to I was just thinking about it the other day, getting angry. About it, he's he. I will give him a lot of credit. He handled he would handle this much better than I would. I would, you would have lost your mind. No, no, I would be burning bridges left and right. Oh, I got it. You would have told the story after the fact. Yes, absolutely. What am I hiding? Like, I don't work for you anymore. Like, you made the decision, not me. That's why a lot of people, I think, went to the whole conspiracy theory of, oh, he came back and they put him on IR because it was, they could write him a check legally. And it's on. No, he high roaded him. He said, screw it. He said, you know, here, he said, F it. I got a new deal. Mike oh, Vrabel knows. Mike Vrabel probably. Him and Mike Vrabel are like, yeah, man, he's a jerk, isn't he? I can't believe he didn't play you. <laughs> and then who's yep. the John Robinson was the? John Robinson was the GM then. He was the GM. They all yeah. have ties to New England. So they're probably like, listen, come to us. And they can get the intel as yeah. to what the real story Absolutely. is. Are you still amazed, though? And I know we gotta, uh, we're going to get into a Super Bowl discussion really in the final hour here. However, um, are you surprised if there is a real reason? That it hasn't come out yet, or is that reason only in the mind of William Hoodsworth Belichick? Well, I I do think uh, I, because nothing has come out like of, of any real significance. I would say uh, there's nothing scandalous. There's nothing nutty and crazy. It's just Bill saying, you know what? I feel like this works better for everybody involved. That's it. How stupid and how arrogant and careless and reckless would you be? If you had a better option, but you said, you know what? I'm not going to let him play. Super Bowls are too important to this guy. I think everybody swallows their pride if they think it's actually going to benefit them. That's really something, I got to tell you. As a uh, hell of a chat with uh, Malcolm Butler. If you missed it, go to WEEI.com, uh, the Gresh and Foyer podcast. You can find it there. Uh, so we know the Super Bowl is on Sunday. And Fourier and I have a gripe even before the game starts. We'll tell you what it is next. W-E-E-I. Love E-I-I. W-E-E-I. New England Sports Original. Now, back to the guys. Gresh and Fourier on W-E-E-I. Football fans, get ready for the battle of the century. As unbeaten Budweiser takes on undefeated Bud Light. It's Bud versus Bud Light in Bud Bowl 1. Pick up your official scorecard wherever you see this display. Hey, Bud, super idea. You see the neck on that guy? Use it to follow the action and you could win. So get ready, get set. On January 22nd, Bud Bowl 1. This time, it's for real. Ah, when Super Bowl commercials caught you off guard or made you go, ooh, what you just heard right there was all the way back in the year of our Lord, 1988. Mm. That's a long time ago. I it's like Bud Bowl 1. This time it's for real. Like, that's right. right. That's really for Bud Bowl 2 or 3, right? You don't say that. That's not your tagline for the first one. I totally agree. And unfortunately, <laughs> this well, I just is... picked it up. Well, the internet has ruined one of the fun parts of the Super Bowl... And that is the commercials. Bowl one.
Because it used to be you would get caught off guard, right? Remember for a period of time in the last decade, it was, man, I wonder what Doritos is going to do. Doritos always had great commercials, right? Yeah. And there were those who, yeah, I remember, again, I'm a wrestling fan. There was one year the WWE spent like $4 million to run a commercial during the Super Bowl, I think it was. Or maybe they had two of them. Like, it was a big deal Whenever there were stars and celebrities and, more importantly, kind of the surprises or what was funny, what was different. Now, Foyer, I'm looking at something from Us magazine. Yeah, me too. My wife gets this rag, and it's fine. Put it in the toilet. And if I need something to flip through, if I don't have my phone, I got something to look at, right? Sure. But this thing has, honest to God, like outed... Everybody who is going to be in a Super Bowl commercial, Alicia Silverstone in her clueless character is in a commercial. But what is she selling? I don't know. That's the thing. Like, what are they selling? But that's the thing. Like, I, I does it really matter? Because now I get what they're going for. If it was, you know, Alicia Silverstone and the character from the mid '90s, and it catches you off guard visually, you go, oh. Hey, wait a minute! I I remember that, and then it's more interest in the in the commercial. Now you'd be like, "Oh yeah, there's that's her." How about this? Serena Williams and Brian Cox are in a commercial. Jimmy Butler, Alex Morgan, Tony Romo, uh, Canelo Alvarez, as they apparently are Make a trainer. They're doing like a Caddyshack spoof where they're taking over Bushwood Country Club. You mentioned Megan Trainer. Like we already know that John Travolta. And apparently, Zach Braff, or Zach Braff and Donald Faison are going to do, I think it's like a T-Mobile commercial, and it's going to be like a parody of Summer Nights from Greece. Yeah. No, don't tell me that stuff. Don't give me the YouTube channel where I can watch these things. You can go see all these commercials now if you really want to. All I'm saying is, is that I know I kind of sound like Joe Average fan, but if it's one of those deals where I got to watch the game and I know I got to talk about it the next day, there's normally a commercial or three that people would pop off on and be like, hey, did you see that? And you ha ha, and you have a chuckle. Now, the majority of this stuff is already spoiled for me. Yeah, see, I don't even really look at them, but, but I do enjoy the anticipation of the commercials. I look forward to the commercial breaks. I do. But the, the bigger question I have is, Okay, so let's say uh, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, he's doing an ad for a Crown Royal. Will this make me want to buy more Crown Royal? Like Megan Trainer is doing an ad for Pringles. Will I want to buy Pringles? Like will I be more, you know, will they convince me or trick me into thinking that Pringles is better than what? The Pringle alternative? I don't even know what that is. Pringles are pretty unique. I They're- think it would be wise. Get yourself some Reggie's or honey barbecue uh, chips or maybe some uh, white cheddar popcorn. But it is funny. Like, okay, you spend, wouldn't your money, so it's like over $7 million. And I know Fox have already said that every single ad, every single bit of ad space is, is, is already, you know, taken up. It's already been bought and paid for. They don't have any openings. I just wonder if they just think, if like, is it worth it? Like, couldn't your money be, uh, you know, better spent, like, I don't know, spreading it out over the course of six months instead of spending all of it in one 30-second ad? Well, I think it's twofold. Number one, you're never it, – it's not easy to find a way to be able to get your company in front of 100 million people. Sure. Right? Because last year, 
112.3 million people watched the Super Bowl, but the year before that, it was 96.4 million. So you're hovering around finding a way to get in front of 100 million people, and it used to be that if you had a creative ad, you were on Good Morning America and the CBS Morning News and you were being spoofed on Saturday Night Live. If you really came up with something great, it had longevity because people would be talking about it. Now it feels like poof. Now, you mentioned the ad rates. 2016 for a 30-second spot. $4.4 million of the Super Bowl in 2016. Uh, in 2022, $6.5 million. And this year... It's about $7 million yeah. for 30 seconds. Yeah. I mean, that that is my point. I was just trying to look at it. And, like, it's crazy. Most everything that I see uh, about, like, the worth it angle of spending all this money is uh, is pretty much what you say. At what, what other time in, uh, of the year will you have the opportunity and the ability to have uh, one message to, you know, 100 million people as opposed to nickel and diming it all over the calendar. Yeah, no, it's... And now listen, these are all, these are all like, you know, they're not like, you know, startup companies like way back in the day. They're not, they're big, big companies. Or the, five, or the five cryptos that were in last yeah, year. Yeah, it's like all those, how what? about that? All that money, the crypto craze that is now completely disappeared. Like everybody's going to jail. But no, so it's, it's, it's Bud, it's beer, it's, uh, you know, Crown Royal, it's Pringle, it's Doritos. It's. Uh, I'm trying to figure out. Like, is there? There's there going to be a commercial? Well, I go. Wow, I've never heard of these. Well, yeah, that's I've never the heard thing. of these guys. Oh, the- let me. Let me. How? What? What commercial did you ever watch? We said. Oh, let me go buy that. Like, because no. it's not like I buy. You know, I'll buy Crown. I'll buy whatever. Like, but is there something new? I'm like, oh, let me go to the website. Let me go purchase it right now. And not for me. No, I'm least. with you. Uh, Robert Kraft apparently was just on Fox Business. Yeah. Uh, and I know that he pumped up Mac, but he also said this. And this is a nice, warm, verbal blanket for Patriot fans. Quote, I'm never selling the Patriots. We've set it up so it remains in the family for decades to come. That's exactly what I want to hear. And I would say, make sure nobody does anything stupid. Well. Because that is when you will be forced to sell your team. And oh that boy. is the only way. Yeah, that's it, right? That's oh, good. good. Well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Don't screw up. Yeah, let's just just don't be a, don't be a stupid racist and say and be uh, you know uh, some sort of like wow. uh, you know like don't be Dan Snyder. Don't oh. be drilling holes in locker rooms and letting the players look. Interesting uh, stuff there from Robert Kraft. We get into our Super Bowl preview. We'll talk about the bets. We'll get into the props as well. Final hour aggression for you next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.